This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey everyone, have you signed up for the Michelob Mile yet? This is a one mile virtual run to support the Donna Foundation, which is an incredible organization that helps transform the experience for breast cancer patients from a place of fear and frustration to one of love and support. Go to moremilesraces.com slash Michelob Mile to get registered. More information will be in the show notes of this episode as well. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I am your host, Lindsay, and I'm so grateful you are here today. Today, you're listening to episode 298, and I'm talking with Erica Kemp. Erica runs for the Boston Athletic Association with Adidas. She started running there in 2018. She went to North Carolina State, where she was a six-time All-American, and in 2019, she won the U.S. title in the 15K on the roads. Erica is currently training to get the Olympic standard in the 5K, which she will do at a meet in February in Austin. So she'll tell us all about that in this episode. Okay, and before I share this conversation with Erica, I want to remind you that the Donna Marathon weekend is just around the corner. This is virtual this year for 2021. It is the weekend of February 12th through the 14th. When you register for the Donna Marathon Weekend, you can do a 5K, a half marathon, a marathon, or an ultra option. You are directly supporting the Donna Foundation, which helps those walking through breast cancer. I am super passionate about this race and this organization. The people behind it are just incredible, and they're helping so many people. When you go to breastcancermarathon.com, you can get signed up for the race. Use the code Lindsay5 to save $5. Go do a fun 5K or 13 miles or 26 miles for the Donna Foundation. It's so much more meaningful when there is a cause behind why you're running more than just running. And don't forget to get registered for the Michelob Mile, which I mentioned at the top of the show. All you do is donate the amount that you think it will take you to run your mile in and you are supporting the Donna Foundation through that mile that you run. So there are lots of ways to support the foundation. Um, I hope you consider doing both the Michelob Mile and the actual race weekend as well. Um, I also have a fundraising page. If you don't want to do any running and you just want to donate to my fundraising page, um, just scroll to the show notes on this episode and the link to that will be in the show notes. I will also post it in our Facebook group. All right, friends. Enjoy my conversation with Erica Kemp. Well, today on the podcast, we have Erica Kemp on the show. Welcome to the podcast, Erica. Thank you for having me. So you're down in Tallahassee training. How's that going? So far, so good. Um, We really haven't seen too much sun, but it's really hard to beat Florida in the winter when you can actually run outside. It's been like below 30 back home in Boston, so it's nice to just get outside. Yeah. How long are you guys planning to be there for? We are down here for four weeks. We're just about done with our trip. We'll be heading home next week and hope for some good weather back home in February. Yeah. It kind of feels like the perfect time to escape 
the cold winter of Boston runner or not? <laughs> yeah. I mean, January is a pretty tough month just in general. It's like that post-holiday like lull and you're just kind of sad and then it gets really cold and really gray. But by the time we like get back in February, it's usually a lot nicer. I know. I always say that because like February is hard too, but the end is in sight in February. Like February is a short month. You're only 28 days. (laughs) You've already weathered January. Like I can get through February, but get me through January. And and that's when I want to escape. Yes. Okay. So share with everybody, you're, you're in Tallahassee training with your, your group with the BAA. Tell us about the group that you train with. So we're associated with the Boston Athletic Association. They're for people who don't know, they're the ones who put on the Boston marathon every year. Kind they're of a like big deal. <laughs> super great. Yeah. Like large historic organization this year in 2020 is actually the 125th anniversary for the Boston marathon, which is like, huge milestone everyone's super excited and it's really cool that I think about seven years ago now they built in the pro team to this already existing running club okay so they sponsor like 10 to 12 fully sponsored athletes and we have our own coach and our own resources it's a very cool setup and it's nice to like have that connection to the city of Boston especially not coming from the area um it was a really nice transition so Like I said, we're fully supported. So we go on like two to three training camps throughout the year, usually like one warm weather camp and then maybe one or two altitude camps. And we just do our best to represent our club all around the country across like as many disciplines as we can, including like track, road. We haven't really dabbled in trails. I don't know if we will just because of that like push for the marathon, but Mm. we'll see. Okay. So yeah, I was wondering about that. I didn't know that they added the protein only seven years ago yeah it's relatively new considering how old the club is I'm not quite sure like I wasn't around for those initial like four-ish years so I don't really know like what happened in the organization where they like had this idea and they were like okay we're going to have something higher than like just our elite running club Mm -hmm. like we want to have a protein I would love I mean I should ask them like how that happened but very cool Yeah, you know, I know for sure I have interviewed people that at least used to be, I'm trying to think, was it, is it Emily Durgan? Was she on the BAA team? She was in Boston on the New Balance team. New Balance team. Okay. I know there's got to be someone I've interviewed that was on, on the team. Okay. So, so who, who are you running with right now? Who are your teammates that you're running with? Right now, um, Elena Tabb went to William and Mary has been on the team pretty much since its inception. Um, cause she's a couple years older than me. Then Dana Giordano, who's a little bit more of a 1500 5k specialist, but we do do a lot of our training together. And we recently got Anna Roar from Notre Dame. Okay. Awesome. And so, and then is there equal amount of males on the team as well? I think we're about even right now. Okay. We have had a lot of changes because December 2020 was a lot of like re-signing and renegotiating. So there was just a lot of change up in the club. But I think we have three or four men right now. Paul Hogan, who's like a mass local looking to do the marathon. We signed Gerald Mock just before the Olympic trials from Colorado State, 210 marathon. Great guy. 
And then we recently signed Matt McDonald, mm. who I have not met in person, but has also run a 211 marathon. So like they've really been putting a focus in like building up our male marathon unit. Wow. Because Mar- none of the women are marathoners, huh? Not yet. <laughs> I think they have told us that they have a vision really? of having like this elite team of marathoners for men and women, which makes sense. Like, it'd be awesome to have a hometown like team in the elite field at Boston. Totally. Like that's the dream. Yeah. But little, not there yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, tell us a little bit more about that. What, what that looks like though, because I've wondered, is that, so you, it's a totally, you know, you get your physical therapy, your gear and everything, but are you also paid salary by them or Adidas? Yeah. So the way I understand it is that Adidas gives the BAA, like, a obviously a lot of money, not just for the marathon, right. but also for the team. Okay. Um, and then they use, they basically have a budget okay. that they can spend on their athletes, which includes like our base salary, time bonuses, physical therapy, trips, things like that. Okay, cool. But are you sponsored by the BAA or Adidas? What do you, what do you call yourself an Adidas sponsored athlete? Is this a silly question? It is not a silly question. Okay. <laughs> and I usually say, BAA slash Adidas, BAA being first, because when I like do my reimbursements and like who I sign a direct contract to is the BAA. Okay. But that money is coming from Adidas and there's a lot in our contract about Adidas and Adidas does see us as assets. So we are on their roster too. Okay. But the BAA is kind of like that middleman. Okay, good. Learn something new today. Love it. (laughs) So... You're from North Carolina, though. So why did you choose to, of all the places you could go train after college, why did you choose uh, this program? So I'm originally from New Jersey. Oh, that's right. You went to Um, college in North Carolina. Yes. So like I grew up in New Jersey, was there my whole first 18 years of life, move, same house, that whole thing. And then wanted to go somewhere warmer for college Uh and like kind of get away from the winters. And North Carolina's this like beautiful in between where it's not too hot, but not too cold. Um, Was there for five years and then kind of missed winter. Like after being away for five years, I was like, man, I kind of miss having all the seasons. And it's really hard to beat fall in New England. Like the leaves just aren't the same down south. It's so pretty. I know. I'm in Indiana, so I I mean, hands down, the best season is fall with the pretty leaves. Right. It's kind of nice because I I found that I really enjoy dressing for the cold. Uh-huh. I love layering. I love big cardigans and sweaters, and you just can't wear those in North Carolina. It's, like, way too hot for that. So it's been really nice to, like, wear big, comfy clothes again. Are you into fashion? I would say so. But like I spend 90% of my time in workout gear and like I love our gear, but I am excited in the future to have the opportunity to like actually wear fun clothes all the time. Okay. So let's walk back a little bit because I want to hear about how you decided to pursue this career as a runner. But something you mentioned in your email ahead of time struck a chord with me and I wanted to make sure we, we share, (laughs) we share the beginning days. You know, so many runners were like, I started off a soccer player and I know that's part of your story too. Um, 
But share with us a little bit about your high school running experience and what that looked like. Yeah. So I was definitely slow to loving the sport of running. I had never even thought about track until my freshman year of high school. The soccer coach was the track coach and like begged me to come out for the team. I said no, because like I had no idea what track was. I just knew they ran a lot and it didn't sound like the greatest thing ever coming from soccer where like they make you run extra if you're like bad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But he like they kept asking me to come out. I skipped the first month and a half of because I would do it. So I stuck by my word and they were like, there's still so many meets in the season. Just like show up and like, we'll figure it out. And I started in the 200 and then the four and the six and eight and so on until I like wasn't last in my races. And then they talked me out of doing lacrosse in the spring because all of my friends that played soccer also did lacrosse, but I was like five foot tall. So, <laughs> so yeah, we went from there, got pretty okay at running made states like sophomore year and then fast forward to junior year we were in the middle of our indoor season we were about to start racing and I just thought that my social life was significantly more important than track because I just really didn't think it was cool I didn't enjoy it I was just kind of good at it and that was pretty evident to my coaches when I just skipped every single meet for the first five weeks of the season And then my coach at the time, who was also my U.S. history teacher, um, pulled me aside after class one day and was like, hey, um, turn in your uniform. Mm. And I don't know why I was taken aback by it because, like, I was good and I was on the team. But then he was like, well, you haven't come to a single meet. So turn in your uniform and come back when you're ready to be serious. So that was like my first turning point with running where it was like, is this something I want to do? And the answer for that season was no. Yeah. So I just like took the rest of the winter to myself and my friends and like did my thing or whatever. And then by the time we got to spring season, I realized that I did miss running and I did actually want to be a competitive athlete or at least give it a shot and like get myself together. But it was definitely one of those moments where, like, you realize it has to come from you. No one can make you do this. What did your parents say about that? They weren't thrilled about it. But at the same time, my dad was always in the camp of, like, not going to force me to do it. Like, he was like, it's kind of silly because you are good at this thing. And, like, you could run in college if you, like, put your mind to it. But at the same time, he knew I would be miserable if I did something I didn't want to do. Yeah, that's always a hard balance as a parent because you want to push your kids to pursue what they're good at but if they're not enjoying it what do you do it's rough yeah (laughs) it's really rough because you know what it you you kind of probably your dad could probably see what it could be but right I feel like that's a really respectful thing for a parent to do to give their child space to say like this isn't what I want to do right now. And look at you. Look at you running pro now. Right. And like, I'm not miserable. (laughs) Yeah. But I think part of that on his part was that he was pretty good at like basketball and football in high school. He grew up in Georgia um, and got a scholarship to play college football at Texas A&M. So like big deal, like big school, super excited did his first year and realized he hated it. 
Like just, it wasn't what he wanted. He wasn't enjoying the experience and like, it just wasn't for him. So he quit, joined the air force and then like flew around the world for like 20 years and like had a blast, like learned so much, but he recognized that like he was not happy doing this thing. So I think like when he like became a parent and like he could see that like I wasn't enjoying what I was doing, he would never force it on me. And even when I went to school and was like running at NC State, like if there was ever a time where I like wasn't super happy, he was the first person to be like, if this isn't what you want, if you're not happy, I will not blame you if you quit. What was that like growing up with your dad in the Air Force? Um, it was weird for the first few years just because he was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't really have any like memories of him before like age six. Wow. Because he was abroad. His last big tour was to 1999 to like 2000 end of 2001 okay so he was over in Egypt for those three years so I just like do not remember him being there until like first grade he just like showed up (laughs) um so it's been really cool getting older and getting to talk to him about those years and like what he was doing over there because I didn't realize he was like in the Middle East when 9-11 happened and like stuff like that. Wow. Because I was like five or six and he was just like gone and we didn't have like modern day Wi-Fi and Skype. So we really couldn't like FaceTime and things like that. So it's been really cool getting older and just like talking to him about like his experience there. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. North Carolina State. Let's, Let's talk about that a little bit. You were on the dean's list, so you're a really good runner and you're a really good student. I feel like that, I hear that a lot. People who are really good at running tend to also get really good grades. Was that something, is that something that comes naturally to you or is that something you work really hard for? Because I, for one, was a terrible student. And even if I worked hard, a (laughs) 3.5 GPA was never going to happen. Yeah, I think it's a little bit of both. Um it might come down to just being really competitive with myself. Mm. Like from very early on in school, like in kindergarten, I don't know why they gave us grades. Like you're <laughs> five. Right. But they like gave us grades and like how well we wrote our alphabet and like how well we did in coloring. And just from like very early on, I remember being like very competitive about it. Like I wanted that A. I don't know why. But, like, I wanted it, and then by the time I got to, like, high school, I expected it. And then it just kind of carried on through college. But I also noticed that, like, the better I got at running, kind of the easier school got. Oh, interesting. Because it was a lot of the same skills as far as, like, time management and, like, learning not to be stressed out in, like, high-stress situations. And I just thought, like, the two really complemented each other. Like, the better as a student I was, the better athlete I was, and, like, vice versa. That makes a lot of sense. So, but I'm curious then, because <laughs> you like get kicked off the track team as a junior, <laughs> but were you as, were you a good student? Like, were you getting good grades? Yeah, I was still getting good grades. Okay. All right. That was a rough period. <laughs> <laughs> well, not even rough. I enjoyed it, but <laughs> well, athletically yes. not my best time. Yes. As any 17 year old would for sure. Um, okay, so six-time All-American at NC State. Uh, when do you decide that you do want to go pro? Did Were you thinking about that your senior year? Um, I think I thought about it a little bit. 
but definitely was not at like the forefront of my mind. And I think my coach, Lori Hennis, still the head women's uh, track and field coach there, did a really good job of like just keeping me focused on like my last season of NCAAs. Like this is your last season. Enjoy it. Like you only get to do undergrad once <laughs> and just not kind of like wishing it away by thinking too far ahead. She was always like, we'll deal with it when you graduate. But like just focus on today. What were some things that you learned from her that you still keep with you today? She was really great about keeping things in perspective and just not freaking out too much about just one day. Like if you had a bad run or you had a bad workout or even if you had a bad race or three in a row, (laughs) she was like very, very good at just putting your whole season, your whole career into like perspective. So even if you thought, you were doing not so hot because we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform. She was very good at like framing it in like a much bigger picture and just like showing you what you've done and what you could be capable of. So like having someone like that behind you, you're like, you feel so much better about yourself. One of the big accomplishments in your career thus far is when you won the U.S. title in the 15K in 2019 in Jacksonville. That's a big distance. Mm -hmm. That's a big distance for a 5K runner. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, that's so funny because I'm obviously very proud of it, and it's the only U.S. title I have. But it was such a weird experience because it was something that was so far away from anything I'd ever done before. And we picked that race so randomly because the weather was bad in Boston and I had like a long tempo on the schedule. And then my agent called and was like, hey, there's this race. If you'd rather come down to Florida, I know you were doing something long this weekend. And it just seemed so like nonchalant, like, oh, we'll just hop in this race. Not Mm -hmm. really thinking like, oh, this is a U.S. championship or Mm -hmm. like, like this is a big deal. (laughs) And then just like I had no idea how to approach it or what to do. I just like showed up and was like, oh, sweet. Like it's 70 and sunny. I'm just going to get a nice long effort in in the sun. Like, Mm -hmm. yay for me. (laughs) And it just like worked out really well. We got to the end of the race and I was by myself in the front with like a mile to go. And I was like, oh my goodness, like what am I doing right now? And I've never been so scared in a race (laughs) that like I had messed up because I was like, I've never done this. Like, is this okay? Is this too long? Like, what what am I doing? And then I like crossed the finish line and it like took a while to sink in that like, I just did that. You were in uncharted territory. Very much so. Like I got to 10K and mentally I was like so ready to get to 10K. And then I was like, you have no idea what the last 5K is going to be like, but like, do your best. So did dipping your toes into that longer distance get you curious about longer distances? I would say yes and no. Um, Yes, in that I feel like they're not so far away Mm -hmm. and they're not so like impossible. Like I could probably see myself running a half marathon not too far away from now. But at the same time, it seemed like so long, like 50 (laughs) minutes of racing. And then you think, oh, you have to do this for like 20 more minutes. (laughs) It's a lot of racing. Hey, everybody, a quick break here. If you are enjoying this podcast, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while and you haven't left us a rating and review yet, please consider 
um, just taking a minute or two to do that. It really helps new listeners find the show. And I know I've been doing this show for four years now, but it still helps. And I still get excited every single review I see that comes in. Um, It's pretty simple to do it. And it would mean so much to me. This episode of the podcast is supported by Prevenex. And that is the place I get all of my multivitamins and supplements, the protein powder I use daily in smoothies with my kids, as well as vitamins for my kids. Two of my four kids take these vitamins passionately. The other two I don't uh, have as much of luck with, but two of my four are really into these vitamins. They, they beg me for them actually. So I feel really good about that. Uh, But they have a joint supplement. It's called Joint Health Plus, and it not only helps with joint pain, it also protects your joints so that you can have longevity in the sport. I take it every single day. I've seen so many comments from listeners of the show who started taking it and have seen really, really great results from the Joint Health Plus. I highly recommend it, and I really believe in the company. I've interviewed the owner and the founder of the company over on the Illuminate podcast. He is such a solid stand-up guy. Um, Check it out over there if you want to learn more about um, how Prevenex got started. He was episode 51 on the Illuminate podcast. And the Illuminate podcast, by the way, is one of the podcasts in the Sandy Boy Network, which is my podcast network. So you all can save at Prevenex 15% when you go to Prevenex.com and use the code ANOTHER and you'll save 15%. All right. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Erica Kemp. What are you training for right now? I know 2020 has been so crazy and obviously the trials have been put off. I know you're probably wanting to break 15 and in, in the 5k but share a little bit about your training right now yeah so we came off of that um la sunset meet where i ran my first 10k in a few years and that went a lot better than expected but i also had like no expectations because it had been so long since i ran a 10 and it's been such a weird training block this summer and fall with covid and just everything in general um so that was like really good but right now we're getting ready for the 5K mm-hmm. at that Austin meet at the end of February and just like really trying to go for that Olympic 15 standard, which is 15.10. So I need, I just literally need four seconds. Four seconds. And I think I can do it. Yeah. What, like, when did you run your 15.14? That was about a year ago at uh, BU, last chance. Okay. What's tell us about the Austin meet? What I don't know much about it. I really don't know much about it either. <laughs> <laughs> I know that it's the last weekend of February and that I think it's a two day event. And I think Friday night is the races that we set at the Olympic trials qualifying standards. Okay. And Saturday night will be the Olympic a qualifying standard races. And that's about as much as I've been told. <laughs> Is your goal to like break fifteen ten, or is your goal to break fifteen ten and then some? I would say and then some. <laughs> okay. Based on like the like hard track workouts we've been able to get in in Florida because it's so nice out, um, and we've just been able to put together like four weeks in like nice weather outdoors in these like really nice parks like by ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be we might as well if you're gonna go for it, 
see what you can do. Yeah, see what you can put out there. Well, that's exciting. I don't even know that I even knew there was a track meet in Austin happening anytime soon. I should be in the know on that. Yeah, <laughs> there's definitely not a ton of information about it. It's it's happening as far as I know. Okay, good. What are you What are you like peaking your mileage at right now? Peak would be like eighty. Like I would say my average week is somewhere between 75 and 80. And that's just depending on if I do all my doubles or not. What, de- what decides if you just do your double or not? <laughs> uh, how I feel, <laughs> but like also my mood, like if I'm just not in the mood, I won't do it. Cause like those five miles and, and like Mark's talked about it too. He's like, there's no point in like doing it. If you're just not in the mood, like those five miles are not going to make a huge difference. Yeah. I'm like, like- okay. That's not the like trust you on it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Talk about Mark, your coach. And then don't you get, you guys work with Morgan Euseni as well. Talk about all of that. Yes. So Mark came to us last December. So he like just had his like one year anniversary, which is like very funny that we've had him for a year because it's been so disruptive. Mm -hmm. Like he started with the BAA December of 2019. And then we had maybe two ish months with him before everyone went into like stay at home orders and we just didn't see him for three or four months. And then we finally got to see him again in the fall, but it just feels like we really haven't had a ton of time with him, even though I have like 13 months of workouts written by him. It's just like a very strange situation, but he's been great. He's like very supportive, super easy to talk to. Um, He explains things very well as far as like the purpose behind everything. And like, I'm not really one to like ask questions Mm -hmm. because I don't want to be my own coach. Like, I trust you. (laughs) I don't want to worry about it. But I do believe in him. Now, what about Morgan? What what does she play? What role does she play in all that? So Morgan is our assistant coach slash our strength and conditioning coach. Okay. So she writes all of our strength workouts, all of our core workouts, gives us specific sets of drills to do a couple times a week. And it's all like curated to complement what we're doing as far as like our running is going. So she always like checks in on like what part of the season we're in, where our mileage is at and like takes all of that into consideration and then like builds our strength program. And she also like, if you're a little banged up or like something's bothering you, she's really great one-on-one just kind of like watching you go through things and like tweaking it for you. And then when we're actually like home in Boston as like the assistant, she helps out at practice. She'll run with us on like easy days. And it's kind of nice to just have like a female mentor. Mm. Like I really enjoyed having a female coach in college. Um, And Mark's great, but (laughs) it is nice to have Morgan around. Yeah. Female coach who understands hormones and (laughs) it's just different when you literally everything. (laughs) Yeah. You've literally walked through it yourself, like how you feel in training during certain parts of your cycle and things like that for sure. Okay, so you get the work. You're gonna get the Olympic standard in Austin. I just know it. So assume that's <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's where the next. That's where the sites are set. Is the trials after that? I think we might try to run another 10k at some point in the spring, just to like actually get another one under my belt, since I haven't really like raced high level 10ks very often. And then kind of decide before the trials what event to do. Why did you decide to go 10K at the sunset race? Because there was a 5K too, wasn't there? Yeah. Um, I don't really know if I decided to do a 10K. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Mark pitched it as being a good idea. And okay. I was like, well, it's December, so I don't really need to be that sharp. And we had done like a ton of strength work and like much longer workouts that just kind of lended themselves more to a 10 than a five because okay. I just hadn't really touched 5K pace. So it's more like it was like convenient and made sense to like try it and see where we were at as opposed to like trying to get a little too sharp for the five in December. Yeah. Yeah. And, and plus you were coming off that 15 K title in 2019. So a 10 K couldn't <laughs> yeah. have felt that all, all that long. It's still a lot of laps. So many yeah, laps. It definitely wasn't like <laughs> as long as it used to be. So you went to school for psychology. How much does that play into your running? Do you think about it when you run? Do you think about all the psychological aspects of the sport? I would say yes. And like, I do enjoy like continuing to like stay in the loop and like reading books and articles to like, you know, see what's current or just like learn more about like something I might not have had that many courses on in school. Cause it can definitely help. I mean, like the more, you know, <laughs> and you can't like think too, too much about it. Like you don't want to dabble in like the self-diagnosing area of things. Cause that's <laughs> a little dangerous, but I think it does help like understand at least what I got from my personal education was just that like everyone feels the same way. Like all of this like huge range of emotions and these experiences that we feel are like very personal or like very weird or like unique. They're not that unique in like a good way. Like everybody is having these same insecurities or these same doubts and it's a very normal thing. And I think that like gives me a lot of like peace. Yeah, I actually just had a friend over here at my house to do another interview. I I host a separate podcast as well. It's a parenting podcast. Oh, cool. Yeah, and when we got off the interview, we were just talking about like motherhood stuff and postpartum issues we both dealt with. And she was sharing about like these panic attacks that she had had. And I'm just hearing her share that experience made me feel so much less alone because I, my husband doesn't experience that specifically. And so yeah, like that shared feeling like, Oh my gosh, someone else has felt this exact same way is so helpful. Whether you're talking about running or any, anything, anywhere these emotions come from. So I totally literally just experienced that. Right. And it's like a nice feeling. (laughs) Yeah, it's helpful. It's like, okay, okay, this is not just me. And even though you know that, to hear someone else verbalize it is super helpful. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to do, like, you know, when running's done or during running even, because you're not, that's not all you do. Like, what are you interested in? What do you love to do? I really enjoy being a barista and the bakery I currently work at Tate they do have a position in the company called a coffee trainer okay where you literally just train new baristas but it's like a corporate position where you literally just get to like train new baristas and training is so fun you just get to make drinks all day and like talk coffee with like people who don't really know that much about it Mm -hmm. and like help them get excited about doing it so as I like didn't go back to school, that would be like a dream job because who doesn't want to do that all the time? What's your favorite drink to make? Like, and okay, let me just bring this up. 
I am never self-conscious ordering a drink at like a Starbucks or whatever, but I always, <laughs> I've got, I've gotten better as, as I've aged, <laughs> but I used to be so intimidated to go to like local, like hipster coffee shops because I always felt like <laughs> however I ordered my drink, the, the person would like judge how I said it or something. <laughs> yes. And you aren't wrong. There's definitely a little bit you just like can't help but like judge a little when you like see the order on the screen. Sometimes it like makes you laugh or you're like, where have you been? I love it. But it's not bad. Like I would never yell at someone for like something ridiculous. I would just laugh to myself and then tell the other baristas. (laughs) What is like, okay, tell me this. What's a ridiculous order and what's a like, eh, whatever order? I would say the ridiculous ones are the like, overly specific ones Mm -hmm. because it doesn't really make sense as to how you arrived at that order Mm. like we have there's at least one person who tells us like exact so we weigh some of our ingredients like for lattes and stuff instead of just doing like pumps and some people will tell us exactly how many grams to put in what temperature their drink needs to be and you're like did you practice this at home? (laughs) Like you don't know our recipe. So how would you know that you wanted exactly five grams of mocha? That doesn't make any sense. Like it feels like you're just doing this to be fancy. Oh, that's hilarious. Like that's just like unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but the one that's not so bad, that just looks bad. is we have someone who splits. So they get a matcha latte, which, um, the size we serve it is like 16 ounces. So it's like, I don't know, four ounces of matcha and then 12 ounces of milk, I guess, something like that. And they get almond milk, but they don't want a full cup of almond milk. So they split it with water, which again, not particularly hard, whatever, like do you, but they write it in all caps and then write a paragraph about why they can't have a full cup of (laughs) almond milk. And it's like, This is too much information. I don't need to know. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, it's like when someone sends you an email on to why they can't do this or that, like explaining to you the whole story when they could just say, I can't do this because of X, Y, Z. Right. Like they didn't even, they don't even have to tell you why, but like you, people (laughs) love to explain. Yes. That's so funny. And then it's like all printed on the ticket of their order, which is the funniest part because it's on their receipt. It's like, it looks ridiculous. It's very funny and harmless. Oh, that's hilarious. Okay, good. Now I don't feel so bad because I do always order my drinks extra hot because I feel like they're not hot enough if I don't get them extra hot. Yeah, that's totally fine. That's not an annoying request. Why would they say that? No, I would say it's pretty standard. Okay. A lot of people get it extra hot. I don't know why, but they do. It's fine. Well, sometimes like if I'm going to pick it up and I want to enjoy it once I get home, I want to make sure that it's like still hot. But also like I want, I takes me a really long time to drink a latte. So if it doesn't start out super hot, it's like too cold (laughs) within the first five minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally fair. I've definitely thought through this plenty of times. I do have a go-to local coffee shop that I don't feel self-conscious going to, but um, what's your order though? Depending on the temperature, like I guess I am, like if I'm really cold and I want a hot drink, I will usually just get a plain cappuccino 
Uh, I think it's a really good ratio of espresso to milk. I don't really like too much milk because I do enjoy the taste of espresso. Mm -hmm. And then if it's hot out, it's really hard to beat just a cold brew with a little bit of cream in it. Yeah. It's plenty of caffeine, strong coffee taste, but like so good. See, so my issue with the cappuccino is like, I just want more to drink because like I want, I think I want a mix between a cappuccino and a latte. I want, I want more coffee, less milk, but I want more than what you get out of a cappuccino, like volume wise. Does that make sense? And like the closest you would be able to get to that is just to get like an extra double shot in your latte. Yeah. That might bring the ratio closer. But at that point, you're drinking so much much coffee. It tastes really good, but it's a lot. Okay, I'll save it for I'll save that for special days or just get two cappuccinos. Oh, that's true. Okay, I could do that. Yeah, because that that truly is the (laughs) problem. I'm like, then it's gone too quick. I need more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so much downtime in 2020. Are you into like, what have you binged? What, what shows have you watched? What are you into in that, in that department? I definitely watch more movies than TV shows because I feel like they're a lot less of a commitment. Mm-hmm. Like I can commit to a two hour window to watch one thing, but picking a show is like kind of stressful. Cause then you have to watch the whole thing. Or if you don't like, you'll never know. And I don't like that feeling of not knowing how it ends. I know it's like quitting um, a book. I really have a hard time quitting a book. But at least this last week in Tallahassee, I did Dana talk me into watching Bridgerton. And since we have nothing to do, I finished it in like two days. Is it good? But it was very good. Okay. It was so good. See, everybody's talking about Bridgerton, but I, I don't do well with period pieces. And I, I feel like lame saying that, but it's true. Yes, but they did a really good job. I mean, it's basically Gossip Girl. Is it like, really? With old school costume, like old school costumes and like modern music, but it's all instrumental. Like okay. they did a very good job. It's like barely a period piece in my mind. Okay, I need to try it again. I need to and just like focus. And I think that with shows like that, I I, I just have to get through the first episode, right? And then I... Like yes. get over all the things like we got into Downton Abbey years ago. I don't know. Gosh, so long ago now, probably 10 years ago, but <laughs> we got into that and really liked it. So if I could do Downton Abbey, I could do Bridgerton. Oh, definitely. What is the best, most recent book you've read? I would say, I think it's called Maybe You Should Talk to Someone. Oh, I've heard of that. I've recommended it to like five people so far. <laughs> is it so good? Um, it was just... It was so good and like coming from a place of like I studied psych, I like might want to go back to school and like the thought of being a therapist is really cool. I think the author did a really good job of telling her story because the whole book is just her telling both sides of the couch. Like she's a therapist who ends up in therapy because like you can't be your own therapist. So it's just like a really cool story. And she's in LA so her clients are like these TV producers and you just like don't really think about that yeah I was thinking about that the other day um I've I've never done therapy I know I probably should and um we're watching the undoing right now and the main character is a therapist okay and like Uh uh-huh I just think so much about how 
how does how does the therapist do it? Because the therapist is a person too. And like they have, like we were talking about earlier, like they have all those feelings and emotions too. And I'm like, how does she handle mm-hmm. that job? And then she goes to therapy to see somebody else. Yeah. It's like a never ending chain. Yeah. Well, back to back to running just a little bit. What what have you seen like in this past year? It's just been such a strange year for everybody, regardless of their job. But like, what have you made of this year? It's been crazy for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, I think what I've done this year has just really been appreciating like the little things and like kind of getting back to like why I do this, especially with like dealing with re-signing in December and like not being able to race for so many months and training alone for a few months on the front side of the pandemic. It just really makes you like look in the mirror and like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? And um, yeah, it's just been really weird, but it's been like a very good time for self-reflecting because We have all the time in the world for it. And for the most part, just like home alone for a lot of hours that you normally wouldn't be. But it's definitely been good to like be able to slow down and just process like what's happening and like, why do I feel this way? Why? Like, how do I want to feel? What do I want to do? And it's been nice to have that time, even though it's like obviously sad not to be like competing all the time and stuff. It's been really cool to like figure out how to get motivated when there's nothing on the horizon. Yeah. And then you live with your boyfriend, right? Yep. So what does he do? And like, what is, I always think of this with like, um, during quarantine, how, how challenging it would have been to be totally alone, you know, if you lived by yourself. So what's it been like? And are you super grateful that you've had someone under your roof with you? (laughs) Yeah, no, I would say it was really good for us. He works for like a local paintball company in like the New England area. Okay. Um, so like pretty non-traditional job, non-traditional hours. But when most businesses had to close, he was home for like six weeks or so for a while, which was very new for us. Yeah. Because I'm always home <laughs> because I run and then come home. Oh, practice. yeah. Uh-huh. But it was really nice because my first two years in Boston – I've been traveling for training camps where you don't see them for like four or five weeks. And then you're racing and like that time adds up to like three or four months of the year just away from home and like not spending that time together, which like is kind of a lot. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Like a fourth of the year, you're just not seeing this person that you live with. So it was really nice to have that many weeks like together. And it gave us a lot of time to like, just like talk to each other because we weren't busy anymore so we could like actually have normal conversation I don't know it felt like kind of when we first started dating like getting to know Mm -hmm. each other again Mm because it was like what are we like all the time when we're not busy or like tired how did you guys meet we met at a bar when I was a senior in college he was in town he's a few years old he was in town for a friend's bachelor party Oh, fun! and a couple of my former teammates took me out because I was just really sad about being injured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they were like, get dressed. We're taking you out. Like, don't be sad. And he literally bumped into me on the dance floor, Stop. like physically. Uh, that's so it was good. like, it sounds kind of silly, but like he physically bumped into me and I was like, excuse you, <laughs> but he was cute. 
So the rest was history. (laughs) That's so good because you don't actually think that's going to happen. Like you don't actually think, oh, I'm going out tonight, might meet my future boyfriend. That's not the intention, but here we are three years later. (laughs) Was that when you were already in Boston? No, because you said it was your senior year. Yeah, it was fall of my fifth year. Okay. So that was, I think we moved to Boston like, eight or nine months into our relationship, like not very long into it. We just kind of decided to go for it. Yeah. So did he move for your job then and then just found a job there? Yes. Cause he had been in North Carolina for a couple of years and like was doing like, okay, but like wasn't in love with what he was mm-hmm. doing and was mm-hmm. kind of like looking for a reason to restart somewhere. Okay. And so I was like, well, I got a deal in Boston if you want to come. Okay, so what is something professionally or personally that you would like to do that you have not done yet? Uh, personally, I want to rescue quite a few dogs Aww, in my lifetime. Yeah. I love dogs. I just don't have the time or the space for them. But when I do, guarantee I will adopt as many as I physically can. <laughs> So my question is, did you grow up with rescue dogs? Because I'm like, I'm probably annoyingly snotty about like, why would you pay $2,000 for a dog when you could rescue a dog that needs a home? And I think that that's so ingrained in me because of my parents and like how we grew up with dogs. Um, So did you grow up with dogs that came from the animal shelter? Definitely grew up with shelter dogs and like, were they perfect? No, but like they still need love. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I just drove by the animal, the humane society where we got our dog who is 12 or 13 by now. She, we got her when she was almost one. I know she's a grandma now, but, um, yeah, I got to, I, you know, and I don't know why I'd never pointed it out before, but I, I just had my two older boys in the car with me and I was like, that's where Cadence came from. She was, she lived at the, at that humane society and, um, Aww. yeah, so they're a lot of work, but they're a lot of fun. Yes. What is an accomplishment you are most proud of? Honestly, thinking about like just the theme of what we were talking about. I'm like very proud of the fact that I ended up running in college. Yeah. Based on like my rocky internal road to like committing to running and deciding to do it. Like I didn't return a single recruiting letter or phone call or email until January of my senior year of high school. So like well after official signing day, everyone had already signed all like most scholarship money was gone, but like could not be bothered. Did not want to do it. And then by the end of that January, I was like, oh, shoot, I think I do want to do this thing and made it happen. I took my visit to NC State in like April and committed in like May and then started on campus in August. Like it was a very late decision, but I am very proud that I decided to do that. But like what what was the what was the turning point? What was the deciding factor that changed your heart? I think winning indoor states my senior year was just like such a big moment and just like so fulfilling. I realized I wasn't ready to just like give that up or like Mm. give up the pursuit of that feeling and just like be just a student. I like went home that night and was like, oh, I don't I don't think I'm like ready to stop yet. Like, I think I want to keep going. Yeah. So glad you did. Right. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) 
Um, if you could have coffee, tea, or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring, who would it be? I would love to have a drink with Chrissy Teigen. Mm. I think she's so funny, but also just in the last year, um, with everything she's like dealt with and like sharing her story of like her pregnancy and then her miscarriage. Mm-hmm. And like, I would love to talk to her just about how she dealt with that because it's obviously something incredibly like tragic and personal and she still shared pieces of it, but also managed to take the time for herself to heal. And I think that's like, just like a really important thing to do and like a very hard thing to do when you do have a platform Mm -hmm. because everyone like wants you to share the good and the bad, but at the same time you have to take space and protect yourself. And I feel like she did a pretty good job of being like, Hey, this thing happened, but like I'm going to some time. And like when I'm ready, I will come back to this platform. And I like, that's super strong and like super amazing. I would love to talk to her about it. Yes. I agree. It has to be so challenging because no matter what you do or how you do it, people are going to criticize. And she even got criticized for that, like for sharing a photo in the hospital, which is ridiculous. Like I could not even imagine like ever dealing with any of that. She's really good about um, just like calling people out and being real about it too like hey it's like Mm -hmm. when that that cookbook lady like I don't know she said something about her and she said hey this really hurt my feelings like I'm a human yeah what is your message that you would like to leave with the listeners I think my message would be one of my like personal goals as well is to listen better I think we as like people have done a fairly decent job in the last years of just trying to tell more stories and have different people share their stories. And I think we need to put the same energy into listening to them, Mm. but like listening with the intention of learning and understanding as opposed to like listening to respond. I think we're like very quick to respond to things and to react to things. But if you like stop and like read that quote again, or like, listen to it a second time I think at least personally I understand the person a little better if I just like take the time to pause before I react that is really good advice it also (laughs) yeah it also helps you understand where at least a little bit where that person might be coming from about what they're saying like giving people that space to just like say what they're trying to say and maybe it didn't come out right the Mm -hmm. first time so like giving them the opportunity to like rephrase or clarify or follow up is just like I think it makes a lot of conversations a lot more productive especially when you're like trying to have tough conversations oh for sure that's you know that's why Instagram's better than Twitter but like that's why social media is so hard because when someone reads what you write Well, first Mm -hmm. of all, they don't know your heart. They don't know exactly what's in your head and where you're coming from. But second of all, it's like, um, especially with Twitter, I would say more than Instagram, it's such a small amount of space. Um, And if you're talking Mm -hmm. about topics that are really important and meaningful, like it's hard to get that just right without people taking things the wrong way. So um, I think that that like trying to understand and like, 
maybe the way you're reading what someone wrote doesn't actually like mean what like what's on their heart. You're you're reading it differently than what, right. what they spit it out as. Just got to <sighs> give everyone a chance. <laughs> That's good. Well, Erica, um, best of luck in, in Austin and as in your pursuit to get that standard in the 5K and we'll be we'll be cheering for you. Thank you so much. Yeah, have a great rest of your training in Tallahassee as well. Thanks. Take care. All right. Thanks, friends, for being here today. Thanks, Erica, for coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Best of luck in Austin. We'll be cheering for you. You can follow Erica on Instagram. She is I am tiny R-I-K. I am tiny R-I-K. Uh, you can find me on Instagram. I'm Lindsay Hine, 626. I just put up an Instagram reel of a new lifting strength video that I that I did recently. I'm trying to do the reels. I know that's what Instagram wants, but oh, I'm really struggling to keep up over there. <laughs> reels all day, every day for Instagram. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Lindsay Hine. You can find me on Facebook. We have a group and a page. Whatever you want to check out, just search I'll Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. The group is the place to be, so definitely join us there. We have a lot of fun over there. And lastly, I just want to encourage you to sign up for that Michelob Mile. Go to moremilesraces slash go to moremilesraces.com slash Michelob Mile and get registered to run that mile. Let us know how you do. All right, friends, that's it. That's all I got. Have a really great Friday and a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, we will see you next Friday.